This is Murder Avenue. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Murder Avenue. Very pleased to be back. Happy to be back doing this show. It's one of my favorite shows, man. I really do enjoy true crime. Not that I enjoy the ideas of true crime. I love the investigation and research of of true crime and the oddness of these real-life monsters. Very interesting. Not fun, per se, but interesting. And it makes me curious. But today we're going to be heading to Massachusetts, looking at a case that is... Long overdue. Uh, It's one of these cases that feels to me very one-of-a-kind. There hasn't been very many other cases like this or even relatively similar. But we're going to be talking directly from basically the documentary's perspective about the case known as I Love You, Now Die. It is the case of Michelle Carter and how she used... The ability, the, I don't know, she used technology, let's say it like that. She used technology to help influence somebody to kill themselves. Was it a crime? Is it a crime? Are there more people out there like this? Would she have done it to somebody else had he not killed himself? A lot of questions to be answered within this episode. And we're going to do all of that right here, right now, on Murder Avenue. Let's do it, baby. Okay, guys, so as I said, we are going to be discussing the case of Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy. It's a case in Massachusetts where something very nefarious took place, where a kid loses his life in a Kmart parking lot, and evidence points to the girlfriend who has been texting him, sending him messages, saying, hey, go through with it, finish yourself off, why are you wasting time? Basically, that's the gist of it. We're going to get into more of those details here in a second. Now, Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy actually met each other in 2012, and they had been messaging each other since 2012 up until 2014, where all this stuff happened. In this episode, we're not going to waste any time giving you the crime statistics from that Massachusetts area. No real reason for it, and I also feel like, I don't, I mean, it's just random stats, man. It doesn't point one way or the other for either one of these people or anybody who commits crimes. It doesn't really say, you know, because how many times has there been an investigation into a crime that the officers in that area are not used to? Like, oh, we've never seen anything so crazy. So it can definitely happen anywhere and everywhere. Uh, These Conrad Roy and Michelle Carter actually lived an hour away from each other. And as far as the mother has claimed, she had only ever really met Michelle Carter five times 
and I only mean the mother of Conrad Roy. So this was somebody, this was his girlfriend allegedly, but they had only seen each other five times. I know how that goes when you're young. You don't have the ability to drive. You're going to have a long-distance relationship, and there's a good chance your family's not ever going to meet that person, unless it starts to get real serious as you get older. But did they have that opportunity here? No. Uh, Conrad Roy actually died by suicide from carbon monoxide intoxication. He had set up a whole thing outside of his truck in the Kmart parking lot and gassed himself to death. Uh, Conrad actually got out of this truck. He got out, you guys. That's the scariest part for me. That's so scary because that's some extra convincing. Basically, to me, that means that had he not been talking to this girl at the same time that he was basically going to go through with it, he probably would have just got out of the truck and stayed out of the truck because he still had the ability to text her that he was in so much pain right up at the end. And then she said that she was on the phone for another 20 minutes just listening to like groaning and then eventually silence. So she listened to this kid die, her boyfriend, uh, Conrad actually left a suicide note for his uh, parents with his phone and laptop passwords. And that is actually how they found Michelle. That's how they found evidence that she was doing, basically pushing him over the edge, pushing him to do this. Now, here's the question. Here's one of the many questions I have to ask. Do you think if Conrad, Conrad is up there in heaven looking down, if you believe in all that stuff, if he's up there looking down... Do you think he would want these actions taken against this girl? Or was he so deeply in love with her, he was willing to go out on this limb? Because maybe she thought that he would feel better. Because she did send several text messages. Talk I mean, there's thousands of messages. But a couple messages that had said something along the lines of like, Oh, you'll feel better in death. You can't stand the reality of this world right now but you will feel better once you die. Uh, there's only actually ever one recorded interview with Michelle. She had only ever spoke to the police on record one time, and that was in the very beginning. They took her cell phone. They had a warrant for her cell phone. They did all that good stuff, and that's because they found the evidence, like I said, in Conrad's phone. Now imagine, this is the crazy thing that I thought about too, outside of just the this case is insane. Um... Imagine now that people who kill themselves or people that just die, you have to have some way to get into their phone or their laptop, all these different things, these devices, because that has all of their information in it now, right? It's a damn shame. Like this kid killed himself, planned to kill himself, wrote a suicide note that had to feature. It had to feature his phone number, his phone password, as well as his laptop password. Bizarre, right? That's... It's just creepy when you think about it like that. That's that's the way our world is right now. We are living in a world that social media is so key in our lives that once it's gone or once you're gone, people got to shut it down or it exists forever. Like I'm still friends with a, two different people that I knew from school who are dead now. I'm still friends with them on Facebook. It's very weird. It's very weird for the simple fact that their accounts still exist. It's creepy, man. There's, is, is that resting in peace? I don't know. But I guess another question I have to ask is, did she think he'd actually go through with it? How serious was he? If they were only talking via text, 
how serious were these messages? How serious did they sound? And how come she didn't try to tell somebody else during the whole thing? Why? Why didn't you tell his parents? You had the ability to text his sister, but you didn't contact his parents. You didn't tell her during this situation. You didn't even tell the sister that he was going through with this right now. That day. How come? But you're going to message her afterwards for all the sympathy that you want? You know, the girlfriend whose boyfriend passed away? Selfish. She utilized his death to garner her friendships. Make people feel sorry for her. Ridiculous, man. And it just makes you wonder, if it wasn't Conrad, would it have been some other dude? I mean, is there... Are there more people like this out there? More people that are willing to push somebody to suicide? I would think so, right? She can't be the she can't be the only one, but she is probably the first one. And that's what makes it really hard to understand the charges that are actually going to be filed against her. This is the first time this has happened. There is no point of reference for the investigators, the detectives, the prosecutors, the judge to say, "Hey, you did bad. You did wrong here." This is virtually, literally, uh, virtually uh, assisted suicide, literally and figuratively, virtually, because she's doing it through text. She was not with him, and that's one of the things that the prosecutors or defense actually tries to say, is you know there would be a real crime here if she was with him, if she pushed him back in the truck, if he was standing on a ledge and she pushed him off, but to simply text, go for it, it's not a crime at least in their mind. Uh, as I said, this all took place in the Massachusetts area, somewhere in Massachusetts. Uh, the detectives who actually got both of their phones went through thousands of text messages in one night, and the two detectives came back together and believed that if not for her, Conrad would still be alive. He would have still been alive. Because they showed many videos in this documentary that basically say, hey, he was trying to better himself. He knew there was something wrong and he was trying to fix it. So why would you go through the, even the, the small percentage of trying to fix yourself to then ultimately just give up? I don't know, man. I don't know. It doesn't add up for me. Uh, now, if he didn't kill himself, would he, you know, would we even know people like this exist? As I said earlier, would we know? Because she can't be the only one trying to push someone into suicide, but there's a good chance that she was the first one to actually accomplish it. Now, is this the first guy she's tried it on? Is there other messages to other dudes she dated where she was doing something like this? Because I'll tell you this, when you look at this chick, she has some dead eyes. She looks right through you. And I, I've known a lot of girls like that growing up. Some, some of them are very, very evil. They will, you know, and men are kind of, in a lot of ways susceptible to this thing especially when they are vulnerable when you show that you're vulnerable there's a good chance that someone's going to try and take advantage one way or the other uh conrad actually like i said he made a lot of these videos made plenty of videos talking about his social anxiety he had social anxiety he was basically in his own head all the time where his head his own head his own mind himself was saying you're not worthy you are a minuscule being in this vastly immense place 
why are you here? You know? And when you see people going through stuff like this and having those conversations with themselves, it just makes me think about myself. And I think that's probably how a lot of people are. Like, hey, man, I, you know, I've, I feel this way sometimes in public. Like, I just don't want to be around other people. I don't want to have to fake like I'm interested in your conversation or your ideas. A lot of us are like that. I, I get it. But the, the ones that seem to have the biggest issue are the ones that don't go out of their way to try to fix themselves. And I feel like Conrad was the opposite. He was doing what he could to help himself. He even said he had a great family. He just too much social anxiety and being in his own head and his, his own mind telling him he's not good enough. And that's crazy to think that somebody who is trying to help themselves would allow somebody else to ultimately manipulate them into ending their lives. But is this the first time? It can't be. It can't be. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that social media is, I mean, it's really the first one I would imagine that the evidence has shown that somebody was like, yeah, just do it. Because let's be honest, man, social media is a dog. It can be ruthlessly brutal. And these youngsters these days that are, you know, in school and dealing with this stuff and, you know, being the stuff I'm saying as social media, people that have to, these younger people that are dealing with this, it is not the same as a grown up, as an adult. As somebody who's been through things already in life. When you get when I got bullied in school, when you got bullied in school, we knew that that bullying ended when you stopped seeing that person. When they were not in your line of sight at all, you're good. You're fine. But now that's not the case because these people will find you. They'll follow you home virtually through Twitter, through Facebook, through Instagram, through Tumblr, through Pinterest, they'll find a way. YouTube even. But the thing here is, is the ability to manipulate is even stronger because of that. Because if it's somebody that you trust, somebody that you believe in, and they're the one telling you like, hey, you know, everything will be fine if you just shut the lights off. It's like, well, I, I mean, what if that wasn't even his first idea? What if she's the one that brought it up? I mean, I don't know that. But I can sit here and say from the documentary standpoint that he most definitely was trying to help himself. And when you're that broken, so broken that suicide is an option, I don't think you would go out of your way to try and help yourself. You know, you'd just give up. It'd be over with. It'd be too much. Uh, some of the other reasons that Conrad might have had social anxiety d disorder and just these things... In his mind, telling him he's not worthy is his parents' divorce while he was in his high school years, which that can have an effect. And I try to put it into perspective myself, like, what is better? Is it better for your parents to be split up when you're a child, when you're really young? Or is it better for them to do it when you're older and you're, you can understand it better? I feel like there's a negative benefit on both aspects because one way or the other, you're dealing with your parents no longer being around each other. It's no more mom and dad. It's mom and Steven and dad and Carol or whatever, right? It's just a somebody with a name that's not mom and dad. And now they live in your house. They tell you what to do. They're in your stuff. They're walking around. They're just around. And that can be frustrating. I'm not saying that that's the cause and effect of this divorce, you know, him dealing with a step parent or whatever. But you have to understand that 
we've we've come to terms in our society these days with divorce. We've accepted it. We've become more accepting of divorce. Back in the day, divorce was highly, highly frowned upon. Nobody was supposed to get divorced. If you knew that you were going to get divorced, you don't get married, first and foremost. That's it. You just nipped it in the bud before it even had a chance, okay? And now we live in a society where people are getting divorced three, four, five, six times, right? And we're supposed to be like, oh, that's a good dude. He must be a cool guy. And then you find out the dude's whining about why he's so alone and he's 65 years old. Well, you should have got it together in the first one. You should have been better from the get. Because in my mind, all relationships are salvageable if you're willing to put in the time. But I've had many uh, relationships with girlfriends and whatnot growing up where it wasn't like this, where this person had an immense amount of power over the other person. It was usually equal playing field because we were both in it like brand new. So much like Conrad and Michelle being a new relationship, she seemed to have an upper hand in everything that was taking place. The first several text messages are very nefarious. Like she's gonna use him. Even if he was to stay even if he was still alive and none of this happened, she'd be using him. He would be used by this woman 100%. She has that vindictive attitude the whole time she's in court in on trial all these things. She looks like she doesn't give a shit. She's basically and I bet she's you know like I said she did kind of uh garner some fame from his death. The grieving girlfriend, right? But yet you see the photos of her in court and you're like, "Well, this she doesn't care at all. She doesn't care at all. Heartless." That's what I mean. Is this the first one that she said, you know, kill yourself type of thing too? Because she, look, let's just keep going, guys. Uh, I'll be honest. This is heartbreaking shit, and it should be. You guys should be as heartbroken as I am because when you see this this kid making the videos, you know, doing what he can to express himself, to ultimately help himself, you feel bad. You feel bad like, oh, man, I would have reached out because I... I I know what it's like to have a rough life. But I also know what it's like to have to pick yourself up. Pick yourself up, right? You don't need to rely on someone else to have your back. Have your own back. Stand on your own two feet. Because in the end, that's all that's going to matter. You did it for you. And then here we are in a situation where somehow, you know, this poor kid finds himself dealing with the wrong one too early i just feel like man he would he'd probably still be alive he would certainly probably still be alive uh it seems uh one of the quotes that i've heard many a times in the documentary from not just his dad but from other people is they said it seemed like everything was fine it seemed like he was fine and that's the one thing you don't ever want to hear because that's just a lack of paying attention when this is the end result if this is the end result, things weren't fine. And to me, it just seems like you weren't paying attention. You should know, man. Because you know yourself. You know yourself well enough to kind of understand your kid a little easier than an outsider. It feels like it, you just made a mistake. And you should have been there when you weren't. Like, I remember when I was a kid and I first started driving... 
and I had the ability to pretty much go wherever I wanted. It's like, dude, we were up to such horrible shit, getting ourselves into what seemed like trouble, always, right? That you just kind of, once you become a parent, you're like, what the, f- what? It's almost surprising that I'm here now just because of stuff like that. But being a parent now, you're like, hmm, well, I won't be letting my kid just take off in a car by himself without telling me where he's going. Like, dude, this is ridiculous. A Kmart parking lot? Just the worst place. And I don't even know how long he was there. I know it was some amount of time he was there before, you know, they came to get him. It'd be hard to go to that Walmart or Kmart anymore. Uh, He actually was told by Michelle, Conrad was told by Michelle several times different ways to kill himself. She told him to drink bleach. She told him to hang himself, jump off of a building, or use a knife. So she was, like, that's what I mean. Like, one comment, sure, we could let it slide. Because you could be joking. We don't know. We don't know you. But 15, 16, 17, 20, 30 messages straight saying different ways that you could take your life. I think we need to see what's up with you. Because here's what it is, man. This chick was charged with manslaughter. And I realize I'm not keeping a consistent format here for this one, but this is the story and my opinions on it. Uh, This girl literally had the ability to not only save him, tell somebody else, but she had the opportunity to help him herself. And she chose not to. She just kept pushing him in the direction of killing himself. And that's crazy. Now, the woman was charged. She got charged with manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. And I don't know if that's the right call. I don't know if that's the right call. She didn't touch him. She wasn't anywhere near him. So murder seems hard to say. But that's where you find yourself now, this far into life. And it's like, now we have to come up with a new rule. We have to come up with a new law because of shit like this. Because of the internet. Right? There has to be a new law. Something in place in all the states that says, oh, if you, you know, you threaten somebody enough online that you can be charged with X, Y, and Z and serve some time in prison because of your actions on the internet where you think you're anonymous. If you're anonymous or not, you're sending text messages. If you're threatening or proposing ideas that somebody should take their own lives or even threatening to take someone's life yourself in text, in social media, you should have something charges brought against you maybe it would stop maybe then the kids wouldn't have to worry about the bullies following them home on twitter and instagram facebook all this stuff right nip it in the bud before it starts why aren't the president the presidential candidates talking about this are there laws to internet use people can do whatever the fuck they want whatever you want and you can be whoever you want And this is the only time in history that that's ever been the case. Everybody's hiding, but yet everything's out there in the wide open. It's all exposed. It's all for the taking right in front of your face. But by God, they're all hiding behind a fucking photo of a cat, right? Or some dog or old cartoon, something ridiculous. But they think they're God's gift to 
social media and their opinion is the best thing ever. And that's not the case. And I'm sure this, this chick here was even like that online. There was a pair of these two girls who had mentioned, you know, they have social media and when you're that young and you have social media, you have to have the account for mom and dad and grandma, grandpa, cousins to see. And then you have your other account, your hidden account, with all the naked pictures. Not naked pictures, but you get it. The stuff you don't want mom and dad to see. And that just tells you. These are the anonymous. These are the ones that are out there uh, leaving trashy comments without paying attention to the content at all. Or the artwork at all. So maybe this is a, you know, she was part of that whole group. But, like I said, these this couple, you know, Michelle and Conrad met each other in 2012 and they were actually introduced to each other by Conrad's aunt of all people. She actually introduced them to each other, which is, I don't know, man, I'd feel like shit. I don't know how she feels, but I would feel like shit. I mean, if you're human at all, I think you would. Like, oh man, I introduced my nephew to the girl who ultimately pushed him over the edge. So she gets charged, like I said, with manslaughter. And during this documentary, you're finding out that the state of Massachusetts doesn't actually have any crimes against encouraging suicide. Which I don't know if that is, you know, uh, secular with the rest of the world, the rest of the states. Are we all like that? Are we all saying, ah, don't bother. Don't even bother. There is no crime when you encourage somebody to kill themselves because they're dead, right? I don't know. Uh, but I guess it's also because she wasn't there. You know, like I said, she wasn't pushing him into the truck. She wasn't pushing him off a ledge. But she was leading him to the ledge, and the rest was on him. It was on him to fill the car with gas, tell her how much pain he was in, and ultimately pass away while still on the phone with her. And she got to hear it all go down. And now that she's locked up, I believe, it makes you wonder... What's going through her head? What is she thinking about? Because if you have a heart and a soul and you cared about this person at all, you would be thinking, oh man, what the fuck did I do? How stupid was that? And I think that's one of the interesting things about 17, 18, 19-year-olds going to prison or jail. They have the opportunity to reflect on their actions. If they have matured enough and they understand that this is not a place you want to be. But that's not always the case, right? They're not always like that. Man, you see them. They're hype. They're fighting. They're stealing. Still acting the exact same way that they were acting when they were on the streets. Now, obviously, this is a different thing because this is a lady. And she's going to a woman's facility. And she's decent looking. So, what's going to happen? She's going to make a bunch of friends, and she's going to continue in her ways, praising herself that she's out of her ways until she comes home. And once she comes home, what happens next? I mean, is she ever going to be trusted? Is any guy, other dude, going to trust her in a relationship? The first time, she's like, oh, why don't you just kill yourself if it's so bad? Even if she's just joking, that dude's going to be like, all right, see ya, and just leave. Well, you're alone again. And you did it to yourself because towards the end, before she really got arrested and charged, not arrested and charged, but charged, she was, you know, making friends and kind of being a nuisance at the same time. 
people didn't want to be around her. In the beginning, they were doing it for the fact that she was benefiting off of Conrad. Oh, homers for Conrad. Some sort of baseball thing. Whatever. It's just ridiculous that it even happened. Uh, she did eventually blame herself, which is kind of an interesting thing. And that's where I say that maybe because she is going to be locked up at such a young age, that there's a good shot of her coming out and actually being rehabilitated. But you can't guarantee that because no one's forcing it on you. You're just sitting there doing whatever you want, really, to a certain degree. Reading books or watching the TV or walking around. That's it. So you're doing one of those or you're trying to get yourself better and prepared to be a, a normal whole person when you get home. That's possible, but it's not guaranteed. Not guaranteed. So as I said, Michelle definitely garnered a lot of attention from her friends and just people she knew because of this, you know, the uh, grieving girlfriend. But she has been arrested for involuntary manslaughter for encouraging her boyfriend over text messages and phone calls to kill himself. She is now actually asking the Supreme Court to review her case and vacate her conviction. It was a peti uh, petition filed a while ago. Carter's lawyers actually ar argued that her conviction for urging 18-year-old boy Conrad Roy to kill himself was unprecedented and violated her First Amendment right to free speech, as well as her Fifth Amendment right to due process. Uh, Michelle actually did not cause Conrad. She says, excuse me, Daniel Marks says, uh, Michelle Carter did not cause Conrad's, Conrad Roy's tragic death and should not be held criminally responsible for his suicide. What do you think, man? I don't know. I don't know. It's all new. And like I said, very interesting. It's a very interesting type of crime. And now you just have to wonder, like, what is going to be set in stone? Is there going to be a Conrad Roy law? where anybody that encourages somebody to commit suicide who does eventually commit suicide will face criminal charges? Because in the very beginning, that's what I was kind of looking at. Like, hey, is Conrad looking down and happy that she's getting in trouble for this? Or is he pissed? Did he want this for her? You can't ask. You'll never find out. But at the same time, are we, are we not me, but are they prosecuting a girl who he praised? Right? Like, maybe he had... It's hard to explain, but I think you guys understand where I'm going with this. You know, does he... Would he want this for her? I don't know. But that is one of the main questions you have to ask. Would he feel bad if she's getting prosecuted for the fact that he killed himself? Because guess what, guys? One thing's for sure. We don't know for sure if death is better than life. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Because some of us do have really shitty lives. Maybe death is better. And this is not me encouraging suicide, but I am just saying, we don't know the other side. If life is this good, then death has to be, right? Has to be at least almost as good or better. Maybe we'll be able to fly. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But either way, man, Massachusetts case, this documentary is called I love you, now die. It came out on HBO. Check it out. Michelle Carter, Conrad Roy. Just a very strange case, something I had to report on here, and it just makes the most sense to do it. 
I had to. It's just something that, and this is a crime for our generation. Things are going to be changing. I, I know it will. They're going to implement some sort of laws regarding this situation because manslaughter doesn't make sense, really. Murder doesn't make sense either. There has to be something, though. I mean, I don't think anybody should get 40, 50 years or whatever, but you should reap what you sow a little bit. Because how would she feel if he was encouraging her to kill herself? Even if she wanted to. You know? There's a chance she probably would have contacted somebody and told him, like, hey, my boyfriend or ex-boyfriend or boyfriend at the time is telling me to kill myself, Mom. What the fuck? You know? Like a normal person would. Especially if you have the ability to contact his sister. I don't understand how she didn't tell anybody else. Straight selfish. She wanted him to die. But yeah, man, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, I love doing this podcast. I love making podcasts. I love doing true crime. The cases are always very interesting to me. doesn't matter what they're about, really. I find myself diving into them head first. Sometimes it hurts. Because you come out the other side. Like, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. How'd that happen? But I don't know, man. Hopefully we'll see. Taking it to the Supreme Court. How are they going to feel about it? And what kind of stipulations they have with somebody encouraging suicide. Is there a crime there? If not, write them laws up, baby. It's got to stop happening. I mean, it goes hand in hand with the other cases where, like, somebody has bullied somebody so much on Facebook or whatever that they end up killing themselves. But what about that guy? What about that bully? Why isn't he facing any charges? Because now a person's dead. And that's the, right? I don't know. Crazy. Don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at 187 Murder Avenue. That's 187 Murder A-V-E. You can donate to the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash trash panda media. I put all the links in the episode description. Contact me or the show personally at murderpod at gmail.com. That's murder, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Taking all questions, concerns, and just interest, man. Let's be friends. You like what I'm doing? I like what you're doing. You do it better. And you do it smoother and more beautiful. And guess what? We're all just angels. We're all just angels. I don't know. I'm just saying things here at the end because I don't know how to get myself out of this. <laughs> all right, bye, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm Patrick Michael, Murder Avenue. Bye-bye.